Good morning again, everybody. Uh, I like to start my messages off with a little illustration. And uh, today I kind of wanted to do uh, get some audience feedback. Um, so I've got this thing up here. And I kind of want you guys to tell me uh, what it is, um, what you think it is. I just you know, kind of want your opinion, uh, what it can be uh, used for in the future. Uh, what it could be used for right now. So let's hear it. All right, I heard it's a plant. Uh, Annette says it's a weed. Anybody else? I can walk it around a little bit. Uh, let you guys see kind of. I heard dandelion. Okay, so I'm hearing some things about what it is. What should be done with it? All right, some people said eat it. What else? Medicine. Playing with your kids, blowing dandelions. What? Make what? Make wine with it. Uh, jelly. Okay, so you guys, I did a, a little bit of research. Uh, you guys kind of know your stuff. Uh, somebody said last service, throw it in the compost. You know, some people online uh, just burn it. Some people said, you know, just pluck it out of that pot, plant something else in there. Um, uh, because it's just a weed. Uh, some people probably say that. Also, some people say, hey, plant it, get a lot more, uh, harvest the roots, and turn it into uh, tires. I guess that's what the Soviet Union did for their tanks. They used dandelion roots for a tire. Interesting uh, stuff. So uh, there are lots of opinions on what the purpose or use uh, for this is. Uh, as we kind of celebrate Graduate Sunday, I think that the truth is that sometimes we can feel a lot like, like this. Like everybody's got an opinion on our lives, our future, what we'll be good at, um, what we should do. And we kind of struggle with these questions too, especially as we face changes in life. We have to ask like, who am I? Uh, who do I want to be? What, what am I going to be good at? Um, what's my purpose? And uh, we have all of these voices from the world um, speaking into us. Uh, uh, according to the National Center for Education Statistics, about 80% of college students change their major at least once. And nationally, many students change their major as many as six times before they decide on a career. Um, so we know, like college students, they're going into college. They're going to be faced with a lot of noise, a lot of opinions, and there's going to be a lot of change. Um, some of you college graduates, you probably, some of you probably did change your majors, uh, change what you wanted to do. I know I changed what I planned on doing when I was in college. There's a lot of change that happens in our life, and it doesn't stop just uh, in college. A study by the American Institute for Economic Research found that about 82% of adults in the U.S. have changed their careers at least once by the age of 48. And 80% of those um, make that change between 30 and 48. So that's a lot further in life, making big uh, life changes. Um, during their work life, the average person will change jobs five to seven times, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, and with an ever-increasing number of career options available, roughly one-third of the total workforce will now change their jobs every year. So every 12 months, 
a third of every working person switches their job. Uh, and also, this was kind of surprising to me, 70% of the workforce uh, is actively looking for a job change. So 70% of the people in this room, according to this, are actively looking for a new job, or at least seeing what else is out there. Yeah, life is a little bit confusing. There's so many options, so many things. Casey just spent four weeks talking about choose this over that. There's so many choices in our lives that we can make. And there's so many voices saying all these things to us about what we should do that it can bog us down. It can weigh us. Uh, there was a company that got a little bogged down by a choice. Uh, in the late uh, 90s, there was this company that some of you might have heard of called Blockbuster. And uh, so Blockbuster was a video rental store uh, all across America. And uh, there was a guy, uh, Reed Hastings, who came to Blockbuster with a proposition. Uh, he had this new startup company uh, that did DVDs by mail. Um, you could check them out by mail. And he uh, was like, hey, I want to partner with you or have you buy me out, buy out my business. And so the executives at Blockbuster, they met, and they couldn't come to a decision. Uh, they, were, they were trapped with this, this decision and all the different voices speaking into them on what they should do. And as the saying goes, indecision is a decision. And so they did not end up buying up this company called Netflix. And by 2010, there were no more blockbuster video rental stores around because Netflix had run them out of business. And I think a lot of us, as we face these choices in life, we feel like kind of like we're blockbuster and this choice might be the next, you know, Netflix, the next big thing. And we don't know you know, is this the choice that I should make with my life? And we wrestle with this question, uh, if I make this choice, will I be the person that I want to be, the person that I should be? And we have all of these things in our life. People say, you can't leave the job you're in right now because it pays too well. Or some people say, hey, I think you'd be a lot better at this job than that job. And there, there's all these things. I think you need to change this about the way that you act. I don't like this about your personality, or I really like this. And so we wrestle with our identity, and we see it in the world around us. The world is wrestling with its identity. People in the world are wrestling with their identity, and it gets confusing. And I identities get changed into things that they shouldn't be anymore. But there is an answer. There is a solution uh, you see, there is a way to know the purpose of something in this world. If you go to the person who created that thing, you can find out what that thing was made for. So if you give, and you say you have something somebody made and you give it to them and you say, hey, show me what this is for, the person who made it can show you what it's for. All right? So it is was made to be cake, all right? You guys see that? And it's pretty good cake, actually. And some of you said, hey, you should eat the dandelion, but you might not have known the full purpose. The whole thing is a cake. All of this was edible, and I made it to not only be edible, but also to be a sermon illustration. Um, the truth is that each and every one of you, just like this uh, cake, was created with a purpose. And there might be people in your life 
who think they know you pretty well and they know what your creator, what God's purpose is for your life. But the truth is that even the person who knows you best in this world really doesn't know you all that well. And the, the truth is that you actually don't know yourself as well as the person who created you. God knows you better than anybody else knows you in the whole world because he made you, and he made you with a purpose. And it's a good purpose. It's not a bad purpose. He gave you a very distinct identity. And as you are held by God, as you're held by your creator, that identity becomes revealed. And no longer do you have to worry about your future, about whether this decision is going to be uh, the next Netflix decision, because we know that God has promised us something better. Isaiah puts it this way in chapter 64, verse 8. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. See, God gave us this imagery. Uh, he is the potter and we're the clay. And he's shaping us, making us into something beautiful, something that he always intended us to be. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Proverbs 3.6 says, Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. See, God has a path for you. He wants to show you what that path is, but you have to be held by him because it's only through having your identity in him, the person who made you, that what you are really made for can be revealed. And this is something that's really tricky to apply to our lives because even the way that we speak to other people reveals whether or not we believe this to be true. I, I'm guilty of this. How often I ask people, hey, what do you think you're going to do next in life? Like, what, what's your plans for the future? Rather than asking them, hey, what do you think God's will is for you? What do you, what do you think God has planned for you in the future? And as a parent, this is something that I really struggle with um, because the world around me has taught me that as a parent, I want my kids to be successful. I want them to be independent from me when they grow up, to be able to make their own decisions, go out on their own. I want my girls um, to, to be smart, to do well in school. I want them to be successful, to be able to get jobs. I want them to be good at sports. But the danger in that is that I tell them that's who your identity is. Your identity is wrapped up in these sports. Your identity is wrapped up in your ability to get a job, to do well in school, rather than teaching them to prioritize God. I think it's easy for us to invest our money in our, our spouse, our loved ones, our children, in their success as the world sees it, rather than investing in their relationship with God. It's easy to go to games, uh, to support people going through school, but do we challenge them to spend devotional time with God? Or do we say, hey, do you want to pray with me right now just about life? Uh, do you want to search with me and see, hey, let's ask God together what God has planned for your future, for my future, for our future? Are we going to God's word together? Are we teaching our kids? Are we modeling for our kids? Hey, I'm being held by God. Like, my identity is completely wrapped up in God. This is something that is challenging and convicting for me. 
Uh, there's this phrase that gets me that I read all the time throughout the Bible, and it's right before people enter into sin, before they completely reject God. Each man did what was right in his own eyes. You see, it's easy for us to do what's right in our own eyes, to do what we think is best, but the problem is that God is the one who created us and gave us a plan, and what we think is best often really is not what's best. And time and time again, when Israel did this, they were conquered by another people group because of the poor choices that they made. And then another generation came up that realized, we can't do this on our own. Like, what we've been doing on our own has led to this, and we need God again. And they repented and turned back to God. And in Proverbs, we've been going through that in Sunday school, it lists all of these things that are so horrible about being a fool. Like basically, Solomon's saying, you don't want to be a fool. And then he says, the person who uh, is right in his own eyes is worse than a fool. So even Solomon saw being right in your own eyes is not something that is to be valued. And there were people throughout the Bible that Isaiah speaks to, the same one who had the verse about being clay in the potter's hands. God spoke to people who had rebelled against him through Isaiah in Isaiah 29, 16, and he said this. When he says, you turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, you did not make me? Can the pot say to the potter, you know nothing? Isaiah 45, 9 says this. Woe to those who quarrel with their maker, those who are nothing but potsherds among potsherds on the ground. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say the potter has no hands? You see, in this world, we're bombarded with this idea that God is not a good God. That if God exists, that he set the world in motion and then he stepped back and has nothing to do with it. Or if he does have something to do with it, God must be evil. He's not really making beautiful things because of all of the bad that's in the world. People struggle with this idea that God can be all-powerful, all-good, and there can still be this evil in the world. But the truth is that God wants you to be a beautiful creation, but he also wants to have a relationship with you. And in order for him to have a relationship with you, he had to give you the choice to be something other than what he wanted you to be. And so he's given us all that choice. Because when we choose to be what God wants us to be, we're showing love to God. And if we didn't have that option, we'd really just be robots, serving God exactly the way he wanted, but he wouldn't really have any true relationship with us, just like if we created a robot and it had to obey us, it wouldn't have any significant, meaningful relationship with us. You see, when we choose to be held by God, the creator, we can be something beautiful. But if we choose not to, we're like this eagle, this baby eagle that was in this eagle nest, and against its mother's will, it decided to venture out of the nest. And it fell down, and it saw some chickens. And it's like, oh, these chickens, they're well fed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat like these chickens. So it lived it with these chickens. It ate chicken food. It began to squawk like a chicken, walk like a chicken. It thought it was a chicken. People came by and were like, hey, look, there's a, an eagle that thinks it's a chicken. How stupid. And uh, so, you know, this eagle grew up grew to be a full-size eagle, but it never spread its wings. It never learned to fly. One day it looked up and it saw a majestic eagle in the sky and said, wow, how amazing would it to be this eagle? That was what it was always meant to be, but it never became that eagle. 
because it never sought out its purpose. And then one day it died. An eagle uh, always thought it was a chicken. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Would you please pray with me? God, I thank you for creating me. I thank you for creating everyone in this room. God, I ask that you help us as we struggle with what plans to make, with who we are. God, help us to realize that you have made us to be something more than this world says we are. God, help us to understand what it means to really be in your hands, to be formed and molded by you. God, I ask that you help us to not just place our lives in your hands, but to encourage others to put their lives in your hands as well so that you can form us and those we love around us into the beautiful thing that you always intended us to be. It's in your son's name that I pray. Amen.